I want to thank Pat Parks for getting me a high jump standard and bar. And if you remember what it looks like, how many of you all did high jump in high school? You weren't uh, fat and unable to get off the ground like me. I see a few people out there. Oh, Michelle, you did the high jump? Okay. Uh, she's going to come up and demonstrate for us. So, uh, well, the record the record for the high jump uh, was set back in 1993 by Javier uh, Sotomayor from Cuba at eight foot and one quarter inches. Uh, that's pretty high up if you think about it from jumping uh, off the ground to clear that. But it's uh, the object is to get over the bar without knocking it off and and to jump as high as you can. Now, I want to talk about a bar and a high jump that we do in the world. And the bar that I want to talk about, first of all, is God's bar and God's standard. What we know is, is the bar is what we strive for as we try to live the righteous life that God wants us to live. And the standard has been set for mankind. There's, there's no way that we're going to do that on our own. Uh, there's no way that we can achieve God's standard on our own and clear the bar. So how do you get over the bar of salvation and righteousness and God's standard? We do it by Jesus lifting us over the bar. And this happens when we accept him as Lord and Savior of our lives. And here's what happens to the, the high jump bar and God's standard. What we see happening, first of all, if this is God's standard, here is what the religious leaders and the Pharisees did. They took it up. Where was God's bar? Right here. Where was the Pharisee's standard? It was raised. If you know anything about church history and a little bit about it, you know that the Pharisees uh, were the religious leaders in that day. And, and God's command to mankind first started off with the Ten Commandments. We know the first two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We've talked about that in the Good Neighbor series. But what happens is, is that all of a sudden, they got expanded. Not only in the books of Moses, but the religious leaders of that day took it even further. And what happened is their interpretation of the laws became a burden to people. And the burden became how many steps you could walk on a Sabbath Sunday or who you could help and couldn't help on a Sabbath? Didn't Jesus get in trouble for healing on the Sabbath? Why wouldn't you want to do good on the Sabbath? But they had rules against it. And the, the laws became burdensome, so burdensome that nobody could reach that. And not only that, the religious leaders also had a judgmental condemning spirit. See, they would look, love to just basically stand right here beside the standard and, and look at the people and make fun of them and taunt them because they couldn't clear the bar. Where they were making this about religion, about keeping laws. And not only would they clear, condemn them if they couldn't clear the bar, 
they would make fun of them. If you look at the passage in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, it says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, another a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up at the heavens, but he beat his breast and said, I, Oh God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, I'll tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the Pharisee, went home justified before God. See, a Pharisee and a religious leader would walk under the bar and still think that he made, made the standard. See, they took righteousness of God completely out of the picture. The average Jewish citizen probably got to the point to where they felt that they just can't clear that bar. But for the Christian, clearing the bar isn't based on our righteousness. It's based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's not based on religion. And as you move towards the rules and laws, you find that there's less and less love. And don't we have a God who's a God of love and his nature is love and it's at his very core? See, and they would judge people trying to reach the impossible bar that they had set when they couldn't even reach it themselves. Let's drop this down, Randy. So here we're back to God's standards. So how does the world handle the righteousness of God? What is the world's standards? That's easy. The world just removes the standards. They just place the bar on the ground. So there's no bar. There's no standard. The world redefines what love and acceptance is. Acceptance is that there's no standard of right and wrong. Uh, you are the author of your own truth. Live like you want. Eat, drink, and be merry. There's no standard. So don't worry about it. That's the world's way. And the world thinks that's great, having no bar, having no standard. Because a life without truth, in reality, blows up our life. The result of no bar is broken lives, broken relationships, because we're lost without truth. But Jesus comes along and basically reestablishes the bar of righteousness. I have found this to be true. That if you're battling something long enough, it is going to basically beat you into settling. Did you hear me? If you battle something long enough, it's going to beat you into settling. Have you found that to be true, that you run up against something again and again, and you just can't seem to get through it, and 
it has a way of beating you into settling. And what happened is, is when you settle as a Christian, what do you do? What you find yourself doing is, instead of God's bar, you lower the bar. See, what you find is, is that as you lower the standard, because you've lost the battle against whatever you're struggling with, you're beat into settling. And what you're doing is, you're settling for below God's blessing. And haven't you got stuck in, in those battles over something? Maybe you've got stuck in a marriage that there's something that you can't get on the same page as a couple or you battle over things or it erodes to the point that uh, there's no joy in your marriage and you just settle for something that's unhappy or unfulfilled. And when you know that God is whispering to you, aim higher. And when you settle for God's blessing, and aim higher. Look at the areas of your life that you may have settled in and where you've dropped the bar, where you've got stuck with issues of character, lying, cheating, gossiping, while God is whispering, aim higher. What does God say to us? He says, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Don't join in with the world. Don't settle below God's bar. See, that's what the Beatitudes were all about. See, when you think about settling, think about this. We are only as sick as our secrets. Because what's going on is going to implode in your life down the road tomorrow. And that is your secret today. See, what's going on or what's going to implode in your life down the road tomorrow is your secret today. Because when you aim higher, you'll discover that there is a joy and freedom on the other side when you live above on God's level. See, when you get stuck in your career and felt like you're peaked out, hitting a ceiling or a plateau. Maybe you need to take more classes or get more training, do some leadership development, search for a different job. But what God says is aim higher. When you get stuck in your health, where you struggle with, with weight or physical fitness, or you're stuck in the old pattern, God says, aim higher, don't settle no matter what area of your life. See, as Christians, we should be people that spur one another on to, to aim higher. Because there's a life above the bar that is where the blessing of God is found. Where you want a, a marriage above the bar. Where you want a career that's above the bar. Where you want character that's above the bar. Where you want a life and health above the bar. And God wants that because he wants you to have that blessed life. And yes, that bar is over our head, but Jesus Christ in his grace lifts us over that bar. 
And our role as Christians and our role as a church is not to stand back like the Pharisees and say, oh, you're not making it. The church doesn't exist to judge people. The church exists to introduce people to Christ. The church and Christians say to the world, we're right here with you, we're struggling, and we're making it over the bar only by the grace of God, and Jesus lifting us over the bars. See, Christians should have that spirit that lifts up. That's why Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes, before you examine the speck that's in your brother's eye, remove the plank, the two by four from your eye. See, you can't help someone if you're a person with unaddressed unrighteousness in your life. Just like you can't help someone get over the bar when you're settling for being under the bar. So get that plank out of your eye and work at aiming higher and getting the plank out of your eye. Clean up your own life, then, then uh, help others get over, lift others over the bar. Clean up your life by the grace and power of God and live above the bar the blessed life. See, living above the bar is where you start loving other people and start lifting them and showing them the grace of God. Because we exist to help each other. Why? Because basically none of us have arrived. We are all in process. We are all imperfect. See, church is not the place for perfect people. Church is a place for imperfect people who are in process, who haven't arrived. See, we're all in process. That's why those of us with imperfect lives come to church, because we're in flight. You say, my character hasn't arrived. Well, welcome to church. And what messes a church up is when we have people or we show up and act like we're perfect and that we have arrived. The church is a place we come because we're in process. None of us have arrived, and none of us should have that attitude of arrival. In our marriage, in our career, in our church, that attitude of arrival can be dangerous. God is telling us, if you want to mess up your faith, then cultivate that spirit of arrival in your relationship with God. See, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are transformed in a moment. But that transformation isn't complete. It's continual until death. And you have a lifetime of walking with God. And it's you being transformed daily in the battles of life as you walk with God. And as you spend each day aiming higher, Try to clear God's standard and to participate in what's going on. The process of being made in the image of God. See, the church is a place where we all do this together. We don't show up having it all together. You show up in process. Be careful that the world doesn't suck you in and have you living without a bar. 
And don't get wrapped up in religion where you've raised the bar above where God wants it to be. We need to be people that are living at God's bar and enjoying the blessing of God. See, that's why we have Sunday school and Bible study and refuel is to encourage each other to aim higher and to help lift each other up over the bar. See, the church is a place that we come to, a place where we come to meet God's standard and to arrive at his bar. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here today, we just pray that we can be people that understand the standard that you've placed in our life. We pray that we can be people that are clearing your bar, not worried about what the religious people have set that is higher or the world that has no bar, but just what you want in our lives. We just give you the praise and thanks, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.